Thank you for listening to the Ablaze Church Sermon Podcast. Our purpose at Ablaze is to love God, love others, follow Jesus, and tell others. If you are looking for a church home in the Tulsa area, we'd love to have you join us for worship on Saturdays at 6.30 p.m. or Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, please visit our website at ablazechurch.org. We have a theme for the year. Of course, you've seen it so many times. First things, based upon the words of Jesus found in Matthew 6, 33, seek, Jesus says, first, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be granted unto you. And I'm going to throw this in, meaning wisdom. What's first in your life? We are in a series for the Lenten season that'll take us all the way up to Easter called First and Foremost in Overcoming based upon the words of Jesus once again in the 16th chapter of John, verse 33, when he says to us, I tell you these things so that you may have peace in me. Because in this world, you're going to have tribulation. But take heart. I've overcome the world. Now, in this series, we took a close look at a shepherd boy who knew how to handle a Goliath. Do you have any Goliaths in your life today? The battle is the Lord's. We looked at weakness in this life. How do we get strength? We get it from God. For when we are weak, we're strong in Christ. We looked at Foolishness. How do you overcome foolishness? Falsehood, excuse me, falsehood. With truth, Don Cook shared with all of you that the truth of God is Jesus incarnate. Jesus came and he stayed to die for you and for me. That's the gospel truth. We looked at how to overcome anxiety with peace, not peace as the world gives, but only the peace that Jesus gives. Remember the angels at Christmas? Peace on earth, goodwill towards men upon whom his favor rests. That favor is on the inside. The peace of God, no matter what happens in the world, in your life, comes forth and boils over. How do you overcome fear? (laughs) With faith. Last week I shared with you, what is faith? Faith is is belief in action, doing something for the Lord. Faith without works is dead. Today, I want to speak to you about overcoming confusion with wisdom, wisdom from above, not as the world gives. Now, it is Solomon, the wisest man who walked on earth, who said these words in the book that he wrote, chapter 1, verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Now, I'm not talking about shuddering before God. No, it is the fear of living without God. Without his guidance, his forgiveness, his wisdom, his strength. I don't ever want to be like that. It is John, excuse me, Paul, who also says to us that for all whom God calls, 
both Jew and Greek, Jesus is the power of God and the wisdom of God. It is Solomon once again who says these words, wisdom comes from the Lord and from his mouth knowledge and understanding. And we need that in life. We need God's wisdom just to deal with people. Have you ever been confused by people? <laughs> Have you ever been confused about making a decision? Do you realize that when you make a decision in life, it usually affects people? And there's two areas that we can get very confused about. One is just dealing with people, and the other is making a decision that will affect people. Like if you make a decision as a father, or a mother, a brother, a sister, maybe as an employer, employee, guess what? Every decision you make is going to affect somebody in some way, of course, unless you're isolated on an island by yourself. Uh, let me give you an example. Maybe you've done something like this. You walk up to this, this friend walked up to a friend they hadn't seen in a while and said, how's your wife? And he said, my wife's in heaven. Oh, I'm sorry. And the gentleman was a little confused. You're sorry she's in heaven? And he goes, no, 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 I'm glad. And the gentleman, you're glad she's dead? And he goes, no, no, I'm just surprised. Surprised at what he said. It can be confusing at times to deal with people. And it can be confusing when you have to make a decision. Well, nobody realized that more than Solomon. Solomon knew he had to deal with people, God's people, a lot of them. And he had to make decisions for them and with them. And he realized he needed wisdom. If you're here this morning and you could use a little more wisdom, <laughs> okay, you come to the right worship service, okay? Yeah. You need a little more wisdom to deal with your spouse in marriage. Maybe patience, <laughs> dealing with patience, working with co-workers, whatever, children, grandchildren, whatever it is. If you're here and you could use a little more wisdom, guess what we can learn from Solomon? How to get it. Ever thought about it? How do you get wisdom? Hmm? Listen to these words once again as we follow Solomon. Open up that Bible once again, and let's look at what Solomon did. I'd like to speak to you this morning about humility, hunger, <laughs> hearing, and heeding. At Gibeon, the Lord appeared to Solomon in a dream by night, and God said, ask what I shall give you. Can you imagine God waking you up in the middle of the night and saying, hey, whatever you want, ask, and I'll give it to you. <laughs> what would you ask for? Hmm. Listen to what Solomon says. And Solomon said to God, 
<laughs> you have shown great and steadfast love to your servant David, my father, because he walked before you in faithfulness, in righteousness, and in uprightness of heart towards you. He looks back. Humility, which the Holy Spirit produces in our life, looks back to what God has done for us. Looking back to maybe your father, your mother, a pastor, a teacher, or somebody who has touched you in your life. And he basically says, you did this. Solomon said, you gave me life. You gave me a father. <laughs> you gave me everything. That's humility to look at what God has done for you. Listen how he expresses, and you have kept for him this great and steadfast love and given him a son to sit on his throne this day. And now, O oh Lord, my God, humility needs God. What's true humility to need God? To know you can't do it on your own. To know you can't save yourself. You can't forgive yourself. You can't get yourself to heaven. You need God. And now, O oh Lord, my God, you have made your servant. Notice, this is King Solomon who calls himself, sees himself when he looks in the mirror as a servant. In place of David, my father, although I am but a little child, have you ever said to God, I'm a little child? Solomon did. I do not know how to go or how to come in. And your servant, notice this, servant again, is in the midst of your people. Do you realize your children are God's children? The people you deal with every day are the Lord's people? Hmm. Too many to be numbered or counted for multitude. So number one, how do you get wisdom from God? You have to be humble before God. Number two, you have to be hungry for wisdom. What are you hungry for this morning? Listen to how hungry Solomon is. Give your servant, therefore, an understanding heart. King James Version wisdom. <laughs> Listen to the words of the brother of Jesus, James chapter one, verse five. Does anybody lack wisdom dealing with children, spouse, co-workers, people driving on the road, <laughs> all of the numerous and un- numberable people on earth. Does anybody here lack wisdom? Dealing with people and making decisions. James chapter one, verse five. Ask. Let him ask of the Lord for wisdom and he will grant it. The only prayer in the Bible that God guarantees to answer with yes is Asking for wisdom. <laughs> When's the last time you asked God for wisdom? 
Listen, you need it. You got to be hungry for it. <laughs> you got to want it. Now you know why we're in this series, First Things. Seek first the kingdom of God is be hungry for it. It's an action. I want you to be first in my life, Lord. I want to seek your kingdom as I move forward. Yeah. You know, there's a difference between physical hunger and spiritual hunger. You know that, don't you? Well, let me explain it. When you're hungry, what do you do? You go get something to eat, right, Danny? <laughs> yeah. And your appetite goes down. You know, it's just the opposite with spiritual food. You go to a Bible study. You do a devotion with someone else, maybe a spouse or with children. You read the Bible. You go to a worship service and you hear about the love and the grace of God and the good news. All of a sudden you are fed through word and sacrament ministry. Guess what? You remain hungry. <laughs> Once you've had a full meal and Bible study, reading the Bible, you're still hungry and you want more. That's spiritual food. There's no end to it. You can just keep going and eating. Now, let's say physically you eat a meal. Okay? Your appetite goes down. Now, if you miss a meal, what happens? <laughs> you get uh, hangry or huh? something like that. Okay. If you miss a meal, all of a sudden you get real hungry. Okay. And if you miss two meals, what do you say? I'm starving, right? That's not the way it is in the spiritual realm. In the spiritual realm, you go to a Bible study and you get fed. You have a devotion, and you're fed. You celebrate word and sacrament ministry wherever you worship, and you are spiritually fed by word and sacrament, and you miss a meal. You miss a Sunday morning. You miss a Bible study. You miss that personal devotional time with God. You miss an opportunity to read a word of God. Your spiritual appetite is reduced. You miss it the second week or the second time, your appetite is reduced even more. Now you understand why people can miss church for months and they're not hungry anymore. Or they used to read the Bible and they don't anymore. That's why last week or two weeks ago, I spoke to you about how dangerous it is for people who have tasted the goodness of God, the grace of God, experienced it, and then they turn back to their old ways. How does that happen? They miss spiritual meals, time with God, and their spiritual appetite is reduced. We need to stay hungry for the word of God for gathering with God's people to study the Bible, to study it ourselves, to be in prayer, seeking the kingdom of God. Step one, be humble. Step two, be hungry. Step three, hearing. Hearing 
the word of God. How do we hear the word of God? Not too long ago, I spoke to you about prayer. Prayer is a two-way street. Prayer and supplication is when we talk to God, but we have to take time to let God talk to us. You know how God talks to every one of you? I do, through the word of God. The Holy Spirit is within you, and he's going to point you to the word of God, God's words, God's promises to you. That's why it's important. We need to be in the word of God, to be studying it, to be involved in the Bible. And as Martin Luther says, to daily read it and inwardly digest the word of God. Now listen, to be humble is important, but it won't make you wise. To be hungry for God's kingdom, to be hungry to ask for wisdom will not make you wise. To hear God's word, to read God's word will not make you wise. It's number four. It's what, what uh, Solomon sp spoke about, so that I can govern your people. What will make you wise is to take that information and apply it to your life, to your marriage, to the people you deal with, for the, with the decisions you make. Everything about knowing the difference between good and evil is found right here. You don't need to go any further. All the wisdom of God is right here to know the difference between good and evil and to make decisions to govern your life or the decisions that may govern the life of others. Let me say it again. Being humble is important, but it won't make you wise. Being hungry for God and his kingdom in your life and asking him for wisdom will not make you wise. Hearing God's word and knowing God's word will not make you wise. What will make you wise is you take this information and you apply it to your life and you live by it. That's what will make you wise. That's what made Solomon wise. And when he chose not to heed, to honor God's word, guess what? He became very foolish. Now, I began with a story about a husband who lost a wife. I'm going to close with a story, a true story about a young man who lost his wife when she was very young due to cancer. They were married by a pastor and when she was in her last days, very sick, going to die, they called the pastor and the pastor came over and he spoke with this young lady. And they recalled the day he married them both. And she began to share scriptures with him because she was somebody who loved to read the Bible, loved to memorize the Bible. 
And when the pastor came over, all all she could think about was sharing with the pastor what God was telling her and sharing with her through Scripture. And when the pastor left that day, he walked out with his wife and said, you know, I can't help but feel ministered to. She ministered to me. Three days later, that woman died. And when the pastor came back, the nurse was there who took care of her. And the nurse said to the pastor, I just got to tell you, she took her last breath. She died in mid-sentence, quoting the Bible. And the husband said to the pastor, What a way to die. And the pastor said, no. What a way to live. You're going to die. That's knowledge. To know somebody died in mid-sentence reading scripture is knowledge. Wisdom is applying that information to your life. That's the wisdom from above. That's the wisdom from God. It's not wisdom as the world gives. Because it is the world that looks at Jesus, word and sacrament ministry, what you're doing here this morning is foolishness. Listen to what Paul said. To all whom God calls both Jew and Greek. Jesus is the power and the wisdom of God. And God's foolishness is wiser than man's wisdom. (laughs) Uh, It is good that you are humbled. It's wonderful if you hunger for the Lord. Yes, it's important that you're hearing from God and in his word. But it means nothing. It's all for naught unless you heed it and honor it and apply it to your life. May that be so in our lives. Amen.